Playground is back and better than ever. This annual art festival presented by M&T Bank and produced by the Buffalo Institute for Contemporary Art and Resource Art gives space for artists to create ambitious, immersive, site-responsive installations for our community to explore. This year, Playground is happening on the banks of the Buffalo River with 13 artist installations in and around the old grain silos at Buffalo Riverworks. We sat down with some of the featured artists to discuss how they plan to bring these silos to life. First, we have Jacob and Adam discussing their installation titled Mighty Real. This celebrates the legacy of Buffalo native and queer underground dance music pioneer Patrick Crowley in the kind of marginal architectural space that queer communities have activated throughout history. My name is Jacob Broussard. I am a painter. I have a studio in North Tonawanda and I live in Buffalo. I guess my relationship to the art world is, it's interesting thinking about it in terms of its relationship to Buffalo. I think, I don't know, I feel like we're both like really interested in community building in the art world. Like thinking of like, when, when we think of art worlds, there's like New York, right? There's like New York City art world. But we know that that's not just the monolith. Like there are many art worlds that exist outside of that. And so thinking about our relationship to Buffalo, I'm always interested in the local, but also like how we connect with our community. And so one thing that we're both invested in, uh, we moved here about two years ago and we opened up a art space, like a project artist run space called Kingfish Gallery. And that was a way in which we could think about the local, but also invite artists from outside of Buffalo to come mount exhibitions and connect with Buffalo like arts community. So thinking about those different interactions and building more networks amongst that. And my name's Adam Thibodeau. I am an architect. I also teach full-time at uh, University of Buffalo in the architecture department as clinical faculty there across the program, but a lot of classes and in inclusive design in particular, which has been sort of my entry point into the art community and that I've, I've done some work um, with inclusive exhibition design and then now have been sort of expanding my practice to some more public artwork which has been really fun too. This is actually our first collaboration. Yeah, Adam's an architect, I'm a painter. We were interested in what would happen if we both kind of came together and thinking about playground as feels like that's like a really interesting marriage between like architecture, site, place, and art like what what are those two things and then you know like an interest of a viewer coming across an installation in a space that they normally wouldn't encounter and how it's reactivated through art so one thing that we were both really interested in um is thinking about western new york history specifically western new york's queer history, which a lot of, you know, hasn't really been maybe discussed as much <laughs> and and like pulling apart and seeing what's been like forgotten and reevaluating it and looking at it. So an entry point that into that was this uh, EDM electronic dance musician composer named Patrick Cowley. Um, Patrick Cowley was born in Buffalo, raised here, and then moved to San Francisco in the 70s and really pioneered high energy music, which which was like informed by disco, which then informed house 
house music, a lot of uh, music that was utilized in queer spaces, specifically gay bars. Patrick Kelly died in 81 from complications of AIDS, but there's this really interesting connective tissue to him here in Buffalo. And he's actually buried, I think he's buried right outside of Buffalo. I forget, um, but he's buried here. And so we were thinking about that. We were thinking about queer histories and how they utilize spaces that are, you know, not normally programmed for queer use and thinking about the silos as kind of like, how do you, pro- how, how would you proposition programming that space? And so it really is just sort of a speculation on those things and seeing what like, you know, there's going to be a sound element. There's also going to be a spatial element to it as well. There's going to be a painting element to it. So sort of bringing all of those things together, not so much in memory of Patrick Cowley, but to sort of examine his life. But then also like, there's something interesting about, you know, like high energy music, how does it correspond spatially? How does it correspond with painting and sort of harnessing the essence of that into an installation? I think also we're interested in how uh, queer artists like Patrick Cowley um, appropriate or uh, work with existing sounds and existing um, types of music to put them to queer use. Um, and similar to that, how uh, queer users typically uh, appropriate appropriate or take over spaces uh, that aren't necessarily designed or programmed for them. And we thought the silos that were being presented for Playground were an interesting opportunity because they're difficult to program and hard to reimagine what they might be used for. And we see that as kind of the the perfect template for being put to a queer use. And so we're in the space trying to play with sound, but also familiar tropes of of queer dance spaces, but have them strangely retrofit to this very unexpected form of the silo. That's so exciting. I got to see a little bit of a sneak peek. How do both of you think that art can change a city? I can say specifically with Playground, I have really appreciated what it provides for the city and that it really gets people moving through some of the pretty interesting liminal spaces of Buffalo. I mean, last year at the Central Terminal, even the parking garage at the Broadway Market, which a lot of people don't spend as much time in as they should, um, pretty awesome space to see activated by our, even like the ruins at Canal Side as well as something that most people pass by and are familiar with, but maybe don't engage with this clearly. And so this year, obviously with the silos, right, they're, they're really familiar parts of the city that maybe people don't engage with as much. And I think being able to use public art as a way of activating those spaces and bringing people through them is a pretty special opportunity. I think that's a really great point, and I appreciate you saying that. And I think that that's such an important part of what Playground is doing, is totally activating those spaces that we see every day. And also, like, as an architect who isn't originally from Buffalo, being here, I've been so excited by all of the strange architectural liminal spaces. I mean, I worked with the ruins last semester at Canal Side, which was really fun to engage with, and I'm super stoked about getting to engage these silos because they're really unique to Buffalo and they have a lot of the city's history packed into them. Um, And I think it's sometimes unfortunate that people don't get to engage with them as closely. And so when you can put them to a different use, in our case, maybe an unexpected queer use, I think that's a really exciting way to get people in the spaces, but also thinking about them differently. Mm -hmm. 
There's also something interesting about the, I don't know, there's something like kind of resourceful about Buffalo that I'm really interested in as a place. Like it feels very much, very much part of its spirit. And I think like there, because of that, there are more opportunities for projects to kind of take on weirder spaces or become weirder experiments. Like the stakes aren't, they're, they're high, but they're not extremely high, <laughs> I guess, uh, and like, there's more weirdness that can kind of be made manifest, which is interesting, which is like, this would be kind of really difficult to do in a, in a major, bigger city. So that's really interesting. I'm interested in that. And then, yeah, I think like there's something about that connective tissue. It's like, I tell people all the time, like the way that we sort of established community amongst like the creative class here was really through our like opening an art space in our home two years ago. When we moved here, we had like a spare bedroom. It was the middle of the pandemic that we weren't using. And so we were like, huh, like let's turn this into just like a project space gallery. Like let's just do it. And invited friends of ours, gave them like a prompt to make something like and uh, invited friends to submit artworks for it. And then we mounted our first exhibition in like January, 2021. Yeah, that was just like, by doing that, that forged community. Like, I feel like people were more interested, like, who are these, who are these two people that just moved here? They're doing something interesting. And then, you know, down the road, we ended up opening a different space, a storefront, but that could only, I mean, it couldn't only happen here, but it happened here in its specific and nuanced ways. And I think in a sense, it built community for us in a really seamless, tensionless way. So felt very specific to Buffalo. Yeah, I think that's so awesome. I thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with me. Cool. Thanks so much, Liberty. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Next, we have Sean discussing his installation titled The Interactive Womp Womp Machine. This installation teleports people to another dimension in this powerful interactive sound and light piece. My name is Sean Chickie. I am a professor at the University of Buffalo in the architecture and urban planning department, but that is new for like the past decade or like almost all my 20s. I was actually a musician doing electronic music production and, and stage design and more like DIY events. Uh, and then the pandemic totally switched me around where I couldn't tour in a band anymore. So I got really depressed and then I got a VR headset in order to like escape my bedroom, you know, in lockdown. And then I started sculpting in virtual reality and then I was like, oh, this is really good. I'm really into this. And then that got me into 3D printing uh, in order to make those sculptures real. And then just exploring that and, and playing with that led to me the position at UB in the architecture and now also teaching 3D modeling and 3D printing at uh, Buffalo Center for Art and Technology. So what exactly is your primary art medium currently? That's funny because I've, I've just always bounced between a million things. It used to primarily be electronic music and stage design, but now it's more 3D printing and sculpture installations. So this is a, a mixture of both of those, uh, my installation for this. Exciting. So without giving too, too much detail, what can the audience expect from your installation? They can expect lights. They can expect sound. 
and they can expect to play with those lights and sound physically. And the vibes of it will, will feel like a kind of like a super collider time machine using like the whole height of the silo with uh, lights that move based off of interactions. I think a lot about art and like the greater subconscious movement of people and like curiosity and how art and curiosity can drive science and technology and back and forth. So like an example that I like to use is we told stories about going to the moon before we ever decided or figured out how to go to the moon. And I think in order to make the most of life, like it's so big of like, why even make art at all? It's just fun. Like I, I feel like to drive uh, a greater curiosity to everybody and like that kind of spreads, right? It doesn't matter so much of like, people don't need to know that I made this thing, but if they play with it and that have this memory of it, then that's going to influence them to be a little bit more creative and have fun with things in the future. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Lily. And last, we have Amanda discussing her multimedia installation titled The Harvest. This imagines a haunting memory from the viewpoint of the harvested. Hi, I'm Amanda Bassel. I'm a painter who lives and works in Buffalo, New York, and I'm also an educator at the Nichols School, where I teach visual art. I see you said you are a painter. Is that your primary art medium? So I was trained as a painter. I went to the Cranbrook Academy of Art. But for the past four or five years, I've been making cyanotypes, which are kind of the earliest, one of the earliest forms of photography from the Victorian era. They were made in the 1840s. I am really interested in Victoriana. And I started using this method of art making, which has inspired my recent paintings. Um, I have a show currently at the Raft of Sanity Gallery, um, a solo called Blue Mythologies, which shows my painting cyanotypes work inspired by both of those things and my very first film. I recently made a film called The Transit of Venus, which is a story about the discovery of a lost manuscript by Emily Bronte. So I'm interested in Victoriana and the eco-gothic and the eco-feminists and how we can make connections between the way that we treat the natural world and the way that women have been treated throughout history. Oh, that is so amazing. What do you think that the audience can expect from your art installation? Well, for me personally, it's always a goal that my artwork might haunt you just a little bit. So when I first visited the silos, I thought, well, this is interesting. I was wondering sort of where is my place in this space because it's a very masculine space. And it was a place for holding and storing this grain. But when we think of grain, what is that? That's, you know, that's sort of the prodigy of the plant. Um, so I thought about what if the space was sort of haunted by the memories of the wheat that had been there? So the tagline for my piece is a haunting refrain, the wheat remembers the site. So artists see things that other people might overlook and art is a means of visual communication. And so what art does is it allows us to share things that might otherwise be lost or forgotten about. It starts a conversation. It 
helps us all to pay attention to what's going on. But when we have these conversations, that's what makes us a community and that's what makes us stronger. And that's what helps us to see each other. We need to hear each other's stories and embrace them. The team is so excited to be back and celebrating our city's incredible art scene. Tickets to the opening night, as well as Saturday and Sunday entrance tickets, are available at artplayground.com slash tickets. And trust me, you will not want to miss this.